We're swimming way back and then we're wrong. Not here for a trophy, we're just here to have some fun. Allison and Norm don't need no podium climb, but you better have a cookie waiting at the finish line. We don't care if you slow or fast, cause all are welcome on the post-race cookie cast. Yes, all are welcome on Post-race cookie cast. Hey, Allison. Hey, Norm. I'm pretty excited about today's episode because I'm finally getting to do something that I've wanted to do since we started our podcast. I know. An actual race recap where I actually did the race. (laughs) (laughs) Um. We've done so many race recaps and they've all done, they've all been after your races, which is great because I love hearing about your races and you've had some really memorable, great races. But every time I hear them, every time that we're in like the middle of them, I'm just like, man, I want to do a race recap. (laughs) I want to do a stinking race so that we could talk about it. I don't even care if the race goes horribly. I just want to talk about them. So just want to talk about it. Yes. And and we I've always joked like from the very start of this podcast that it's the noob and the natural, and I'm the noob because I've never done any of these things, and you're the natural because you do all the things, and uh, and so I'm not going to say that I'm no longer the noob. I'm not I'm not a natural, rather, I'm, uh, but I'm not a noob. No, I'm a, nov- I'm a novice. We're going to say <laughs> the novice and the natural from now on. I think. I think I'm we di- can. I think it's fair. <laughs> I'm not a natural, but I'm no longer a noob. I've done my first race, and today uh, we're going to get to talk about it. So I'm really excited. We're talking all about it. Today is all about Norm's first race. It wasn't a small race. It's kind of a big deal race. And it was a big deal getting to it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But I guess I would you like me to start by telling our audience what race we're even talking about? Yeah, let's give them a little description. It's not a regular race either. So I think we should maybe recap that a little bit. I think it's great. That's a good idea. So I just did uh, two thirds of the New River Trail Challenge Triathlon. It is a 40 mile bike, a 12.1 mile kayak, and then a 13.1 mile run. And it is down in just out of Max Meadows, Virginia. So really nice. It's only about 35, 40 minutes from where I live. And originally I, well, this gets a little bit of like the journey, I guess, to get there. So back kind of when we were starting our podcast, I had in the back of my head, all right, I'm going to do a podcast on racing and triathlons. I better do one of these things. (laughs) Or it's going to be a really awkward podcast here in about a year. And I want to say when we started, I had signed up for a sprint triathlon. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. That sounds right. And yes, that sounds about right. Because I was just learning how to swim and (laughs) trying not to drown and learning all the weird, crazy things that go along with learning to swim as an adult. And I can't remember what the trigger was or what the the push was to do something more, but I know it must have come from both you're seeing what you're doing and wanting to do some of the great and impressive styles of races that you do. 
and also feeling like my training was getting me to the point where maybe I could do more than a sprint triathlon. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't train for seven months to do a sprint. Maybe we <laughs> do a little bit more than a sprint. And I remember seeing this race online and thinking, hmm, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't swim in, in this race. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your favorite. <laughs> it, well, you know, we don't want to always do things that we don't feel as confident in. And, uh, yeah. and I kayak a lot. So I was like, oh man, yeah. So floated it to you. You were like, yeah, I, I think you could do that. We, you've got five months to train for this thing. Yeah. Um, and our mutual coach, Megan was like, let's do it. I'll give you some plans. Let's, let's give it a shot. And so we started training for this thing. And I want to say it was about two months in that my IT band decided to just give out, um, which was concerning. But then we both yeah. kind of said, oh, you still got four months. So let's give this thing a little bit of time. Well, I said, let's give this a little bit of time. You said, let's give this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think maybe here in two weeks we can start up again. Um and if if people go back and listen to some of our episodes during that time, I definitely referenced my IT band every episode. And so sorry, the streak continues today. Anyway, um, and so I went back to it, and we we built and we built and we built, and then it happened again. Uh -huh. And that was the tough choice of saying, okay, do we push through, do this race anyway, and hope that we can do the run and probably walk it. Or do we pivot and do we do a relay? Yeah, which was my, it was my vote because no sense. Yes, it was. And then I took your advice and it was, it was only about, I want to say five or six weeks before the race itself. And so um, ideally you would have been my runner, but you live in Oklahoma in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. And so... I was at a loss of, okay, what do I do here? I want to do this race, but I need a runner. And I remembered Jess Thornton, a yeah. prior guest of our show. She came on uh, in the middle of the summer. She is the president of the Blacksburg Striders, a local run club here. And we both were like, you know what? She'd probably be a pretty good runner for you. So I reached out to Jess and I said, do you want to do this, this relay thing with me? And she was like, sure. And then a week later, she messaged me and said, how far is that thing? Anyway? Like she, she didn't even ask me. That's the mindset of you ultra runners. Um, and I was like 13 miles. She was like, oh, yeah, no problem. So we had figured out the team and you and I continued to train for it and kind of put more of our focus into the bike and mm -hmm. in the kayak. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little bit of the backstory of how we even got to the race in the first place. Um, and, and how I, I even found it. So, so yeah, the sprint triathlon that I had signed up for got canceled because of COVID. So it really kind of all worked out where this, I ended up training a lot for a pretty big race. And despite yeah. the fact that it was my first race, uh, and it was a big race, spoiler alert, it went pretty well, but we'll get to it that. It really did. <laughs> okay. So, um, it was a big race, so you had just an absolute ton of firsts. Um, you had a taper mm -hmm. week, mm -hmm. which I'm sure was, uh, I mean, you know, 
I was in contact with you a little bit and you were pretty anxious. The um, best advice you know. that you gave me for that, because you're right, it was a first, right? Yeah. I had never tapered and you've tapered, you tapered all the time because you've done a lot of these races. The biggest question I had for you and one, I was pretending I wasn't nervous. I was. Right. <laughs> but, it, yeah. but I was like, I was like anxiously looking forward to it too. Like, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes on in a yeah. taper week. There's a, it's all over the place. So the biggest thing you said to me that I took was you said, just replace your feelings of anxiety, anticipation, whatever these emotions are, replace them with other activities, whether yeah. it's mundane stuff like cleaning, or if it is podcasting, or if it's just getting out of the house or doing something with Maria and Hop or whatever it is, just do things so that you're not sitting around the house wanting to throw yourself onto the bike and train, which you shouldn't right. be doing because you're in taper week. Right. And so that you're not sitting around just wondering and visualizing how the race is going to go because you, it's, it's over with. The training's done. Yeah. Nothing you do this week is going to make you better on race day. There isn't anything you can do in a week that will prepare you for a big race. And there's nothing. I mean, if you sit around and refresh your weather app every 30 <laughs> minutes or, you know, obsess about details, then you're just going to work yourself even like into even more of a frenzy. So there's all these things you can do that are. A, maybe things you just haven't had time to do because you were training, but you also have this available time because you've been, you've had all of this time blocked out for training and now there's a hole. And so, you know, sometimes when you have a hole in your life, it doesn't have to be filled, but in this instance, it does. So it, it can be anything at all. It can be like today I'm going to clean out the kitchen cabinets. It can mm -hmm. be. Um, today I would have normally had a bike ride, but instead I'm going to make lists of everything I need for the race. And then I'm going to organize it all, even though I'm not worried about, you know, missing anything or losing anything, but the act of doing that might kind of ease some of this tension. Yeah. And that's what I did. I took your advice and I gathered all of my race stuff three days ahead of time. I had separate piles for everything. I had bags already organized. I had made a checklist so I could just slowly check things off throughout the week. I put my fuel together way, like almost a week ahead of time. And I had it all in one place so that in case, in fact, I put it in the car in case for some reason I forgot it. I knew that was the one thing that I couldn't afford to forget yeah. along with stuff like my helmets my bike shoes, stuff that I literally could not do the race without. I made yeah. sure those were in the car days before the race. Yeah. Um, I don't know what you're talking about with this weather app. What is, what is that? <laughs> um, the, let's see. So the, there was, there's a kayak and you had actually gone and done the course before all the way through and the water was low the first time you did it. And then there were some reports from some other people who went out you know, about a week before the race that it was even lower. So you were pretty concerned about that. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's one of the oldest rivers in the world, actually. It's one of the only rivers in the world that actually flows north. Feel free to fact check me, anyone out there, but I'm <laughs> quite sure one of those facts is true. Um, it's rocky as can be. It is the Rocky Mountains on this thing. And when yeah. I had done my, my, my run five or six weeks prior I hit probably 30 rocks and yeah. 
I'm out there um, just thinking, if this gets any lower on race day, I'm going to have to get out of my boat and pull it several times, which I know has happened at this race in the past. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the week before I obviously was praying for rain and I kept saying, Oh, we got a chance for rain. And you were like, turn off the app because <laughs> it's going to change and you can't change it anyway. So yeah, just look at it the day before and then you'll know what to expect the day of because nothing yeah. that happens before that's going to matter. So you were praying for rain all week, but then also there was like a chance of thunderstorms on the actual race day. But it was like 10 days out. So it, it's just, I don't ever check the weather until the day before, maybe two days before. But really lately, I've gotten into it being the day before. Um, and I'll kind of have in the back of my mind, like, what I would wear or what I would, like, what I would need for different weather situations, just as a general rule. And then, so then the day before I'll check and then I'll go, okay, well, that's the stuff I'll need then. I mean, I should know better. My wife was a meteorologist. Like, <laughs> It's not going to stay the same. <laughs> you would think after knowing her for 13 years that I would know, because I get the same thing from her where I'm like, well, it changes a lot. Uh, you know, yeah, you're 10 days out. Come on. You shouldn't even be looking at. So, so anyway. I listened to you both <laughs> and finally I turned the app off. So, yes. yes. So, so take anyway. a week was... Yeah, Taper Week was good. Um, Check-in was great. I, I want to say just right off the top um, about this particular race, because this is my first race. And, I, you know, it's easy for me to be like, oh, this race was great. It, they, they did such an amazing job and all that stuff. And I've never done a race before. But I've heard from other people about other races. I've heard from you about races. Yeah. And... I know that they're not always spectacular. And I have to say that Steve Boyd and his team of people at this race were incredible. I, I was so impressed with the organization, the friendliness of everyone who was down there during check-in and just that feeling of camaraderie that I was getting from everyone. It really made, it eased me a whole lot going into this race where that check-in wasn't an intimidating affair where you felt like you were out of place or you didn't belong. It just felt like a bunch of laid back family members at a reunion. They were like, Hey, how you doing? I've seen you on the Facebook group. Tell me what your, <laughs> tell me what your team name means. Oh, that's so great. Here's your stuff. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. So it really made me feel great going into my first race. It eased a little bit of my nerves. Um, and it was quick and easy and painless. So okay. that's what you kind of want uh, in a check-in. So, so I threw then, my boat down there, so it was ready overnight, so I didn't have to worry about that. That's a big yeah. aspect I didn't want to deal with the morning of. And that that brings us, I guess, to race day. Race day. Okay. Um, super important. What would you have for breakfast? I had uh, – usually I would have oatmeal, and I was out of oatmeal. Like of all the mornings to be out of oatmeal, I was out of oatmeal. My whole plan the whole week, I told you, I was like, all right, I'm going to have oatmeal, and then I'm going to have like a huma. No. Woke up, I'm like, I don't even have any oatmeal. So I had uh, just two plain eggs and a piece, piece of toast. <laughs> you don't know how don't you I have oatmeal all the time. <laughs> I eat oatmeal all the time, which is why I was out of oatmeal because I eat it too much. And <laughs> how I don't did know you why. not notice? <laughs> I can't explain these things. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I won't berate you about your oatmeal because everything was fine. I buy oatmeal 
when I run out of oatmeal. I'm not the type oh. that I'm like, oh, I've got like another bowl of oatmeal left in here. I better buy more. No, I open the container and it's empty. That's how I know to buy more oatmeal, which, oh my goodness. which tells you sometimes I close it when it's empty and I put it back. Yes. What? I, it's like muscle memory. Close the lid, put back. I don't know. This is not an oatmeal episode, so we are not okay. going we're just gonna we're gonna have a quick talk, um, <laughs> audience members. Don't worry. I'm gonna I'm just gonna real quick after we stop recording. I'm gonna address this issue with with Norm and how we need to proceed from here. So we're, we're gonna get uh maybe 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 I'll get some free coupons or free samples from Big Oatmeal when they hear oh, this episode. Yeah? Big oats. <laughs> Big oats might be like some oats coming your way. Never run out again. <laughs> Uh, if you're listening, Big Oats, I like the one-minute quick oats. I don't like the old-fashioned. So, Oh, you don't like, like a good steel cut? I, I'm okay with it, but, you know, I don't have a lot of time in the morning, Allison. I need those quick oats. Let's, uh, <laughs> our, let's... our listeners are thinking right now they don't have a lot of time for oat talk. <laughs> They're like, this uh, conversation has lasted more than the minute it takes to cook your oats. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All righty then, morning oats. <laughs> The non-oatmeal is done. Um, so what did you actually eat? Because it, it matters. It does. It matters a lot. So two two eggs and a piece of toast. Good. Okay. Yeah. Nothing, nothing too fancy. Good. Cup of coffee? I had half a cup of coffee and I did it all about two and a half hours before the race started. Perfect. Really wanted to give myself some time to digest and yeah. and I didn't want yeah have those caffeine jitters. So yeah. Yeah. So... You headed out a little bit of a drive on the way there, I think, maybe 40, 45 minutes. Yeah, it took about 45 minutes. Uh, get down there. And this is when things start to really kind of hit me. This is when I start getting a little bit excited because it it became real. I get down yeah. there. They had everyone parked in a, in a field right near the boat transition area. And it just felt great. I mean, I saw yeah. all these people with all their cars and their SUVs and... So many Subarus. I pr- <laughs> pretty sure I was the only Buick, but it's all good. That's why we like it. And you know, everyone's pumping up their tires, and they're just getting ready. And everyone just looks so just professional. And and it, it gave me a little little bit of nerves because I'm like, oh, man, yeah. this is the real deal. But then it also gave me just a feeling of, yeah, this is this is good. This is going to be a good time. And there was an excitement and electricity in the air that was just. It was palpable. It was great. It just made yeah. me really energized. And any thought that if I didn't have enough caffeine was just gone. I was like, I have more energy than I could possibly ever use at this point. Yeah. Um, and so I just did a double check of my boat to make sure I had all my stuff down there for that transition. And if anything, I mean, I got down there about an hour, hour 20 before the race. I, I was really worried about being late. I mean, I had tons of time. Yeah. So I was able to warm up a little bit and I was able to just make sure that I had everything what I needed. I I took, um, I think I took four Huma gels and put them in my jersey and made sure that I had two water bottles full of Tailwind Mm -hmm. on my bike. And I headed towards the start line where I met up with our friend Sheldon. Yeah. Who uh, are our friend of the podcast who they had their own um, echelon podcast. Um, um, side note, listeners, if you want to know where our awesome song comes from at the beginning of the podcast, it is this friend Sheldon uh, who sings that song. Yes, he does. Yes, he he's um, 
He's a great friend of the show. And the name of their podcast is the super excellent, not too serious bike that goes nowhere podcast. So uh, check that out. If you're looking for an awesome podcast on, on um, more of a spin uh, stationary yeah. bike community, which it's a great podcast. So he was really, really nice of him to come down from Richmond and to take some photos of my race and cheer me on. And so we were chatting. And so um, I'm at the start line. Do you want me to tell you how they did like the, the, um, the start? Yeah, they broke it up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they broke it up. Uh, all the solo men. And, and then I think the age group men were in the first group. Okay. And then there was a five minute gap. And then it, then it was the older gentleman, I think 45 and up or maybe I'm, I'm sure I'm getting the age groups wrong, but okay. that was the second group. And then another five minutes. And then it was all the teams and okay. all the ladies. So I was with the teams and the ladies and I, I'll tell you that that five minutes in my mind, I was thinking, oh man. So the first group's going to go and then it's five minutes. Second group's going to, that 10 minutes is going to take forever. No. No. <laughs> it took like, it felt like 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, and cause it doesn't, so there's a few things there because it, it's not like everyone literally starts at that moment. It will take several minutes for everyone to actually get started. So then by the time everyone has actually crossed the starting line, it's practically time for the next group. There's not a lot of actual time in between. It, it was a weird feeling because I've spent so much time talking with you, thinking about this race, training for this race, so much energy, both physical and mental into this race, that when they started our group, mm -hmm. I felt like it was too soon. I felt like <laughs> I'm, not ready, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready. What do you mean? It's already time to race. What's wait, happening? Wait, wait, we're, we're racing. It's, it's, it's actually happening. Right this yeah. minute. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was a really weird feeling of... Oh wow! It now it's it's go time, and I there's no more prep time. This we're doing it. We're racing. It's happening, and it's a weird start. It's a it's a really weird start to, um, which I mean, any bike event that you do that is going to be that kind of almost time trial start where, um, it's a few a few people going at the same time, um, but basically all at once, um, yeah. versus like a regular triathlon where you get out of the swim and you, you might be going across that bike line with one other person, but this, this time you've got a whole group. So you have to figure out where you need to be in that group. Where do you need to be in the line to get to the start line? I mean, there's a, there's more elements here. And I, I put myself in, I guess you'd say the second group of people in within my group yeah. where there was probably four or five folks Right at the front. And then I think I was probably like within the next five bikers, cyclists. Okay. So I felt like I could probably hang with those people, but I didn't want to put myself in that fast group because I wasn't positive. So yeah, let's be conservative. Let's not get behind a huge group of people, but let's also not put ourselves in the front. So I, the start was, it was grass actually. And it was a windy oh little, it was a little, little, Harry, because this is in the morning, you got a little bit of dew, it's a little bit slick. You've got all these people excited. Everyone's kind of navigating how they bike next to each other. It's yeah. slightly uphill. So it was a unique start. So you wind your way up to get to the path. And this is where things really make this race intriguing and interesting is this is a packed gravel course. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is not 
asphalt. And this is where there was a lot of second guessing, a lot of theorizing about what tire to use for this race. This race is known traditionally as being one full of flat tires. And so they had a, they still have a a fantastic Facebook group for this race where pretty much all year round, it looks like people are just commenting on and discussing very, very open to answer your questions. I reached out to several former uh, participants and got their take on what tire to use. So I went with um, a 28 Gator skin road tire, which I generally will ride on a 25 Grand Prix Continental 5000, something like that. This is a wider tire, a little bit more grip, and it's got uh, a bit more protection for for punctures. It's not puncture proof, but it's puncture resistant. Yeah. Uh, And I took that because I I talked to the guy who won in 2019, and that's the tire he rode on. Yeah. So that's what I, I went with. And I had to say, we wind up, we get on, and then it was a little bit of rough gravel before you get to the pat gravel. And okay. I really second guessed myself because <sighs> when I got to that loose gravel, it was loose. I'm and sure. I was like, whoa, if this whole race is like this, I can't possibly go at the speed I thought I was going to go. Right. But thankfully, really quickly, once we got to the actual race surface, I was like, I think I can do this. Yeah. So you kind of, uh, were you on your own? Were you with, would you have other people around? How did that work? This is point number two, where I did a lot of thinking (laughs) that week before to try and figure out what I wanted to do, because I have very limited to no experience in a pace group. Yeah. I have only done a couple rides with buddies and it's only been me and another guy. I've never had more than two of us. Yeah. So I've done a little bit of drafting but not a lot. And when I say little, I mean only a couple of times and I don't really, even then I was nervous about it. So I knew that this was a race that had that in it and it was allowed and there was an attraction and also a fear for me for that because on asphalt, I think I would have been more comfortable with something like that. But on this surface, I just had so many unknowns. So the first, I want to say two or three miles, I was on my own. And my heart rate was crazy high, like pounding because I was excited. So two things happen. My bike computer doesn't work. Oh, no. So I have no idea how fast I'm going. And on this surface in a wooded area, there's no way to tell. No, there's no way. I'm like, I'm somewhere between 15 and 20. That is a huge range, right? And in my mind, I, I did have some goals in mind, but at the same time, I knew I had to do what the surface gave me. So I was like, either I'm going way too fast or I'm going too slow, but yeah. I don't feel like I'm going where I want to go. So I do that for a while and I notice there's somebody on my tire. Someone's drafting off of me. And so they do that for another mile or so. And then I, I just kind of yell out, you want to pull? And this lady comes zipping around me. (laughs) She was so fast. Zips right around me. Doesn't say a word. She gets right in front of me and boom, me and her are off. She was the number, she ended up being the number one female finisher. And I think number 12 or 13 overall, she was an unbelievable athlete. And so I just stick with her for several miles and we just start passing people 
And this is where it starts getting fun for me because I've never been in a bike race before. Yeah. And I don't really know what it's like. And I know this race is probably very unique to others, but we're, we're passing people and it was fun to just talk to people as we passed them. Yeah. It wasn't like some kind of thing where you see like a tour de front. I mean, people were very nice. They're like, keep it up. You're doing great. Keep pushing. You saw some crazy bikes out there. <laughs> there was a guy uh, on a beach cruiser. Oh my. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. But he had such a smile on his face. I think he just was like, I'm going to do it my way. I don't really I'm care sure about how fast. <laughs> yeah. And he just looked like he was having a blast. Um, there were people on, you know, hybrids on mountain bikes, crazy tires, not on, uh, there were people on road bikes, but not, not as many, or at least not yet that I didn't see. And the one thing that was interesting and unique about this surface was that you were dodging some things. There was a lot of big rocks. There were some medians because I think this was an old rail trail at some point. Okay. So there was a bit of a median that could sometimes be a little bit of a hill, a little bit of rock, gravel, grass. You just didn't know what you're going to get there. So you kind of had to pick your you had to really be careful when you pass to get over in the other lane because it was narrow. Yeah. Uh, it was very narrow at spots. And so we were going for a while and we finally caught up to another pace group. Hmm. Looking back okay. at it now, we were probably going too hard to catch up to a pace <laughs> group, but we did. I don't know how we did that. These were some great uh, cyclists and we just got in line. It was like six or seven of us and we just, we took turns pulling I will readily admit I didn't pull as much as I should have because I didn't want to screw it up. Yeah. I I was literally worried that I was going to ruin it for everyone else and I didn't want to be that guy. I understand that. So I pulled some, but there was a couple people who pulled way more than they should have or way more than they should have. We, we should have taken some of it off of them, but yeah. they were very gracious. They seemed like they wanted to do it. And I'm grateful for them for that because they made me have a better race. But um, pace pace groups can be a little bit intimidating. I mean, I don't want to ever be in one, so I like <laughs> that's not, that is the opposite of of my style. So, <laughs> it, I guess I'm learning my style now still because I never knew if I would be the type that would be in one. It was both exhilarating and terrifying because. Yeah. It, it was it was terrifying in a way that you recognized it just took one person ahead of you to make a tiny mistake mm -hmm. and it could make everyone crash. Yeah. It's exhilarating because you weigh, use way less energy and you are going so fast and you feel like a single a, a, a single rider. You feel like a single cyclist, like like Voltron, <laughs> where you're part of a bigger thing and together you're able to accomplish more. Okay. And it's something like thrilling about being part of this machine that is just operating on hand signals and very short phrases and is just able to just do the work better because they're together. And that sense of teamwork was thrilling to me. I really enjoyed that part of it. Yeah. So there's a downside to this though. This will end up coming up later because I was so cognizant of the dangers and having to pay so much attention and not wanting to screw it up for anyone else that I discovered and realized I wasn't really drinking much. Mm. So I had two and water bottles. What's the rule I, of what's the rule of triathlons? There's one rule that 
just always oh, has pop to be quizzes. Followed. I've done one race and wherever to got pop quiz. Uh-huh. There's it's, one you rule always, though. Well, I'm going to guess that that you want to hydrate before you feel like you need it. You want to fuel before you well, feel like you, you're supposed to have it. That's for it all races. That's all oh, races. Man. The one rule of triathlons is always fuel on the bike. Always. Fuel on the bike. I yeah. will edit that in to make it sound like I did that <laughs> and got that right. Makes a note. <laughs> and well, three, two, one. Well, it's uh, it's fuel on the bike, Allison. That'd be the answer. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, it's not like we, me and you didn't talk about it because we did. And <laughs> so it's not were, like I, I knew better, but. <laughs> you were in the moment, though. That happens sometimes. I I knew the tailwind was there and I knew over 40 miles, especially at the speed that we were going, that I should finish both those bottles yeah. before the 40. I finished one of them. Oh, no. <laughs> and I would only drink when I was at the back of the pace line because then I knew no one was behind me. So if something happened, I wouldn't ruin anyone's day. Yeah, because it does make, I mean, getting your bottle out, I mean, like all that movement, I I would have the same concerns. Like it's, it's a balance thing. It's an eyesight yeah. thing. It's all kinds of things. So, and I noticed a couple of people ahead of me had camelbacks on definitely doing that next time Yeah, where I don't have to reach down or get anything. That's what I'm doing next time. So, uh, so we get the halfway point, the 20 miler and I do another Huma gel. That's okay. my second one of the day. Cause I'm like, I need some energy. I'm getting tired here to take a swig of water Bottle's like halfway done at this point. And so we start taking off again. And then I can't remember the circumstance of how this happened, but we were going to pass somebody and I was towards the back with another guy of our pace group. And because of the median and the, and the terrain, I was not able to pass when the rest of our pace group passed, or okay. maybe I should have. And I just was hesitant to, I don't know. So around the, the, 30 mile mark, we end up losing our pace group. Oh no. Okay. So they kept going and it was good because I got to talk to this guy a bit. Really, really nice guy. And I think it was, and I think we're going to do some racing and some, some, some riding, um, now after the race. Okay. Um, he, he actually looked at our Instagram and he, he, he messaged to us. So, so that'll be fun. I'll be able to, to, to do some of that. But anyway, we started talking yeah. and he was another mixed team. So it was cool to talk to another teammate uh, or another guy doing a team race. And we slowly got up to another pace group that we found that was from, I think, maybe the solo men group, I, okay. I believe. And we just decided we were going to ride with them and ride our way out. Um, other things that we had happened during the race that were interesting. We ran into some horses at one point <laughs> coming down the trail. There was okay. four of them. We pulled off to the side. That was a little bit hairy. You don't want to spook a horse. You don't want to, you know, hurt the riders. So you pull over and you just let them pass. So that was fine. Uh, There was some horse poop because when you have horses, you have horse poop. So (laughs) they generally do that. (laughs) They tend to do that. So we, I, well, at least I ran into that a couple of times. But overall, I got to say that I was, I was really happy the way it went. I felt like. I was, I was lucky because I did see a lot of flats and I felt bad about that because the first instinct is I've never raced before. So the first thing I want to do is just pull over and help. Right. And I knew I, I couldn't, well, I could have, but I, I knew that they would prefer me to keep going. They, yeah. they knew what was going to happen and I might have a flat too. Yeah. 
but I felt for him. That's all I'll say. And I recognized as we were going about three to two, whatever miles left that I had only had the one bottle and I was like, Oh, this was not smart. I I messed this up. And I just knew it at that point. And all I could think about was you'll have entire time in the kayak in order to fix the situation. We'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) Okay. But, but that, that was the, that was the, my bike ride. Okay. So then we're on to another first, which is your first transition. And this is, um, this is, well, I'm going to keep using this word different because this, this triathlon is obviously different than the ones that I've seen you do or Mm -hmm. the ones I've seen on television where it's not, it's just different. You generally are going to be starting with a swim, going to the bike and then going to run. And this is, you're going to a bike to a kayak and that offers some unique challenges and just differences. So back down the grass, not as slick this time, feel like death, not like death, but I'm tired. I'm like, this was really, I'm tired and I'm tired because I didn't drink and 40 miles. We went hard. I'm just tired. And so I whip around the corner and then suddenly you see the field, you see the grass. And then there's some people that came to see me. So you've been there before where you don't feel like you look your best or feel your best. Right. And then suddenly you see people who are there to watch you do this thing Uh and you've got to turn on the smile. Yeah. And (laughs) this was my first time. And I definitely felt that pressure of, oh, they're taking pictures of me. Try to at least look it look like you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I flash the smile and like a peace sign or something. I don't know. I you know, it's kind of a blur to be honest. And I see that you 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 get off your bike and you kind of run it to this wooden rack area with these other bikes. And I felt good about this because there wasn't a lot of bikes there. So I was like, I think. I think this went pretty well, but at that point I had no clue. So I put my bike, I put my bike in there and I looked out and I realized that I've got to walk about 50 yards or so down to the shore of the river to get in my kayak. And I've already taken my bike shoes off. So I'm in my socks. I have like my Jersey half unzipped. I've got dirt all over me and my buddy, Matt, is there with his kids. They're like seven and five and they're just staring at me. Like they know who I am, but at the moment I think they were, they were like, who is this? What is happening? Why, why are you in a Superman suit? Like a spandex suit for one. Right. And why do you look like you just been through a war? Why are you walking like an 80 year old man with wooden legs? Why are you barefoot? I mean, just so many questions, I'm sure. And I'm just like, hey, hey guys, oh, thanks for coming. <laughs> this is where I made a really good and really bad choice. So I should never have taken my shoes off because I had to walk down this rocky, wet area to get to my boat. Yeah. But the thing I did right was I grabbed that second bottle off my bike that was full of tailwind yeah. that I hadn't had on the ride, thinking I'll bring this with me on the kayak. Yeah. That saved my race. So, so bad. So... We waddle down the path and then everyone's following you too. Here's the other thing. Like you're walking three miles an hour, if that, and you realize you're looking left and right and everyone is kind of like walking with you down there. And 
you just don't want anyone to be around no, you at this you point. You actually don't. It's very <laughs> like, I mean, I think the only difference might be in like, if you were to have like a crew who was there to like, you know, mm-hmm. hold something for you, but like people who I, there's almost a weird sense of like, not even needing to hear somebody be like, you go, you got it. Cause it gets answered, answered with like a, a series of grunts at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> you just, I just didn't have the capacity to be a human being at this point. Yeah. And um, you're also and still thinking in your mind, I still have a lot of work to do. Oh, I have, I'm only halfway done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, yeah. We're, there's no, I mean, I, all you're thinking is like, I've, I've finished chapter one of this and I, I need to move on to chapter two. And also, uh, whoa, how am I going to do that? <laughs> I, I got to move to chapter two and I feel like I've been through a war. And yeah. And I'm only halfway home. So yeah, I did. And so I have wet socks at this point. My knees don't seem to want to work. I have to switch out and put on my, my um, life jacket. I got to switch on to my kayak helmet. Cause you can't wear the bike helmet. Right. And then I'm thinking, do I take my shirt off here? Cause it's getting a little bit warm. No, I'll leave it on. Cause I don't want to get sunburned. Kind of make sure you have your paddle. and I mean, there's just all these details. But you're in a mindset where you can't think straight. And yeah. then you're also worrying about what your people are thinking, looking at you doing it. And then the official professional photographer, for whatever reason, is seems to be enamored with you <laughs> putting on your gear and eating your fuel, even though you feel ridiculous. Yeah. So you're trying not to look at him. And, and you also then, maybe have like a crust of apple cinnamon huma on your chin that you don't know about that <laughs> – you're just like you realize you can't even physically open the packet with your <laughs> thumb and your finger because they've cramped from holding the handlebars so hard yeah. that oh. you go to open it and you literally can't even grip it. It falls through your fingers so that you have to put it between your teeth and rip it like some kind of weird animal. Yeah. There yes, is something I, that happens <laughs> it like there's a there's a change that happens to you in the middle of a race where you become some sort of some sort of wild creature that just <laughs> it's it's just maybe not meant for everyone else to be a part of at that moment <laughs> me, yeah cameras need not apply and no but they're everywhere yeah. and everyone's taking video i mean and in this age too where we are so f- easily able to communicate i have a group of uh of friends who do this type of thing um and I realized that my buddy Matt has already sent a video of me walking like an 80 year old man to all of them. Oh man. And I don't even re- and they, and so they end up having over two hours to comment and make fun of this video before I even know this video has oh, been sent goodness. to anyone. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how people know about what's going on in your race before you even know anyone knows about your race. So anyway, yeah. um, so I got wet socks and I put on my other shoes and I get in there and I got to do like the butt hop slide to get it off the the dirt. Yeah. And there's a point when I'm doing this where I'm like, I'm going to have to get back out and pull this thing. Cause I'm not moving. Finally, I was able to get it floating Oh, yeah. because I was like, I don't want to have to get out of this. People are going to make fun of me mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> I, I get in the boat and then the, the guy who I've been riding a bike with, who's also on a mixed team, I hear him go, Oh man, my legs are going to cramp. And the first thing I thought was, Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, that, that could be me. Oh, no. Five seconds later, that was me. Oh, no. <laughs> Soon as I put my feet in those stirrups, they're like, no, 
you there, you you think that we're going to do anything? No You're chance. Wrong. So instant cramps from no. my calves all the way to my quads. No. I had to straighten my legs out instantly. And everyone, the peanut gallery is still watching me. The, yeah. the official photographer is still taking my photos. So I literally start paddling. And I'm just like pretending that I'm having a great time. And I am just, all I can think about is there's no way I'm going to do these 12 miles. This is impossible. What have I done? So I get around the bend and then I'm able to set my Garmin so I could figure out how many miles I've done. So I have an idea of when I'm getting to the end of this thing. And then I just start trying to stretch out as best as I can. This guy's next to me. He's telling me, yeah, I'm cramping like crazy. Uh, We both at one point got stuck on the, the first little ridge shoal and we had to do the scoot to get over that. And I'm just thinking this is going to be absolute misery. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Which stunk because I went kayaking every Saturday for four months this summer to prepare for this. Yeah. I mean, I got to the point where I was a really good kayaker, but if you really want to kayak, well, you have to use your legs and your core. A lot of people see people kayaking and it's just, they think it's all upper body and you're leaning back like you're on a lazy boy. It's not, that's not how you kayak. Yeah. And so without your legs, you can't plant, you can't use your core, you can't push. And so at that point I was really worried. I wanted to finish because I really wanted Jess to be able to run. You know, you don't want somebody to show up to do something for you as a favor and then not even get to do it. And then I'm thinking, Oh, what if I have to get out? Cause this is really shallow. So how do I fix this? How do I solve this problem? I had a camelback full of water on my deck. I had mm-hmm. three humas left. I had a whole bottle full of tailwind. Okay. And I just went to work. <laughs> like I knew there was nothing else I could do. Yeah. And so I just didn't really stop ingesting fuel and water and tailwind for the first five miles of that Good. race. Good. I mean, and I would put my legs up for a little bit and they'd come back. And then after two minutes, start cramping. I have to put them back down again. And I had to keep doing that over and over and over again, going over some of these rapids. I will say this, the river wasn't as low as I thought it was going to be. It was about the same as it, depth as it was when we did my training run. Okay. Maybe a little bit lower, which was a good thing because that was very doable. So at least I didn't have that on top of my physical problem. Yeah. So the first six miles of that race were the half of it. Misery, not fun. Didn't enjoy it. And I, I like kayaking. Didn't like it. The only thing that really brought me any joy was that we all were in it together on that river. I was not the only one cramping and everyone wanted to chat. And I, I'm chatty. Yeah. I've, I've discovered like you, I am chatty during a race. It's really fun. <laughs> it is. It's fun. It's just because I've heard you several times in our race recaps just talk about you just kind of comment about where they are and, and how they're doing and how the finish is going. And and I always thought, man, I would be too tired to do that. But turns out it distracts you. Mm-hmm. It kind of eases your mind. And it was just so relaxing and fun just to talk to these people, get to know them find out if they were a team, if they were solo, if it was their first time, what their boat was, how often they kite. I mean, it was fun. I I enjoyed it. So, so six miles of just pure fueling and chatting. And then finally I discover after the half of the race, the kayak portion, my legs are back. Good. 
I see, you know, I look at my Garmin, I see my time, I see my distance and I say, you know what? You trained all this summer, all these months. Let's put it into action. Let's just finish strong. Yeah. And I was able to paddle and I just grind, you know, it was a grind. My shoulders were aching at this point. My neck was sore from this point because they weren't used to doing all the work. Yeah. And yeah, it was the second half was much better. It was fun. There was some nice rapids to cool me off. I didn't get stuck. I only hit, you know, 20 or so rocks. I didn't have yeah. any any holes in my boat. Uh, and then you get to be about a mile out of the end and you can see that boat ramp. Mm-hmm. And it's such a strange feeling to be in the middle of something that feels like it's never going to end and then suddenly see the end on the horizon uh-huh. and know that it's almost over. It is happening. It's crazy. It's crazy to be like, wow, this was so hard. This took so long. Oh, wait, this is already over. It's like an instant <laughs> switch of your perception. And knowing that you don't have to run when you get to that boat ramp. Yeah. I got this burst of energy, the second wind, and I just went to town and flying towards that that ramp. Felt yeah. so strong, so good. You pull up. And the rangers who are so good at this race, man, they're everywhere. There's so many of them. So many races. I feel like there's not enough volunteers. This one, they were everywhere and they were also helpful. They pull, they help pull you in. And I go, all right, what do you got? What I got to do? <laughs> and they said, well, son, you're going to have to climb out of that boat and you're going to have to walk across that timing pad right there. And I look up and it's, I don't know, 15, 20 yards away, if that. But it looks like it's a mile away. Yeah. It's uphill. <laughs> I don't know if my legs will even walk at this point. So I crawl out and I kind of like, I half stumble. I didn't really run. I mean, I tried to jog a little bit and across the ramp, across the timing thing. And it's just like relief. I was like, uh, you're done. You did your part. You don't have to do any more. Uh, Jess comes running up and she takes off and it's just like, oh, the you race is over. You did it. And the best part was just, I did it and I didn't get injured. Yeah. I didn't hurt anyone else either. I didn't break any equipment. It was just, it was hard. It was physically one of the hardest things I've ever done. But all the other things that can happen, both in my control and out of my control, didn't happen. Yeah. And so I'm very grateful for that. And yeah. if the worst thing that would happen to me is that I would cramp up, that's okay. Yeah. I, I learned something from that. And that's a lesson I'm going to carry over my next race. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yes. And I'm grateful that that mistake didn't cost me something more. Yeah. Jess had left her car there so that we could take it back. So I drove her car back while she ran, came back and got some food and got to relax a little bit. And we waited for her to come in. And it was nice to just kind of like relax a little bit. Um, Maria and Hobbs and Sheldon were all there. And, you know, just get to recap the race a little bit with them and and kind of not talk at all either because I was so tired and yeah. just didn't really know how to say what I felt because I was still kind of processing it. Is that normal? Yeah, that's normal. I, I mean, I felt that way. Yeah. I think when uh, you guys were all in Ohio, it was very similar at the end of the race. I was just kind of grunting that we needed to get back to the car. Like <laughs> the people were wanting to know how it went. And I was like, I, it may be hours before I'm able to tell you. So Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, and then not even like knowing what to say because everything seemed like a blur at that point, but I'm also trying to remember certain things because I know we're going to do a race recap at some point and I want to be able to recall some of these things. I know I'm already forgetting some things, but so in a mix of relief and, but also a feeling of weird feeling of just not loss, but just not empty. I don't even know what the sensation was, but it was a, all that work hours and hours every week for an entire summer to plan for this. And it's over. Yeah. And you did good. You did well, you had fun, but it's over. Yeah. And it was just a weird feeling of something being gone. I don't know. Right. It's weird. Yeah. You put so much time and energy into something and then when it's over with, it just seems like now what? Right. Uh, So (laughs) yeah, it was a little bit weird, but, um, yeah, just sat on the 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 grass and just kind of waited. And after a bit, here comes Jess. Yeah. She comes running around the corner. And she finishes and we realize somehow we just went out there. We wanted to do our best and we won the mixed team. You sure did, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. uh, it was weird. Um I knew we had a chance, you know, I knew we were close when I finished the kayak, but at the same time, it was kind of like, I'm just grateful to be done. And I want her to have a healthy race. I want her to have a good time. She had, she had fun. Yeah. She, she was very happy and we were both like, we won. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy, but awesome. Yeah. But of course, you know how it is where they always want to take your photo Right at the worst part, uh, like you're well, sweaty and I dirty. I don't stick around, Norm. So, I well, mean... you don't. <laughs> well, even if we didn't want to stick around, he was on us. Oh, and they yeah. were like, and they were like, "All right, first place mixed team, get over here and take your photo." And we're like, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> let let her breathe. She can't even say a sentence. Come on. I mean, she just finished, and she was, you know, she was hurting a little bit, rightfully so. It got a little humid at the end, so." She was able to relax a little bit. We talked a little bit, you know, compared notes and we took our picture and it was just, it was a great feeling. It was like a bonus. It was kind of like a, you know, this isn't why we did this, but how neat. How fun. It's something to take, take home with us and be like, and remind us of what we did. So, yeah. um, So it was, it was fun. There were some really great teams out there. Um, some people that I did the training ride with were other mixed teams. So it was, they were very, they were very nice and congratulating us. And it was just neat to talk to them about their experience. And, uh, it was just, I wouldn't have changed anything except for, I would have drank more water. That's like right. the one thing I would have changed. <laughs> I think, I mean, that's the takeaway from a lot of races though. So I think I don't, I haven't met anyone who ever is like, oh, I, every race I've ever done, I have fueled it to a T and done it perfectly. Yeah. So. And it was a bad precedent too. I said to everyone, I was like, I don't think you're supposed to win your first one. No, this is probably <laughs> no, it's all downhill from here, which is fine with me. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't mind one bit. Um, there were some exceptional athletes out there. There were some people who were far stronger, far, just, just better athletes. And I tip my hat to them because they put the work in and I was just, it's always nice to just see people, do their best. And there were other people out there who were treating it as for what it was. It was a challenge. It was a way to test yourself against the elements, against the road, against the kayak, the water, the river, the bike, and just see 
if you could finish it. And that's, I think the best feeling that I had was there was a couple of roadblocks this summer where I didn't know if I was able to do the race at all. Then I, I knew I couldn't do the run. Then I didn't know if I'd even be able to do anything. And to be able to finish it makes me feel great. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It just makes you feel good that you didn't train in vain. You got in shape and then you, you set out and you completed a challenge. So that's, that's how I, 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 what I take from it. And I also, uh, love relays. I am like hooked. Yeah. Like, as much can as I, I want. Can I say, well, go ahead and finish that and I'll say, well, no, I, I was, yeah, I was just going to say as much as one day I, I might want to do this solo. I just like the idea of being on a team. Yeah. There's something neat about just doing it with other people. And I think it takes a little bit of pressure off you too. And it, and it, it just makes it more of a less in, well, it was intense, but I don't know. I, I enjoyed worrying more about getting to her legs so that she could participate than I did about how fast I got to her legs. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Like I didn't want that boat to, to sink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so. I you've you've said a couple of times in in various conversations that you know you you want to be able to call yourself a triathlete and I know we have similar hangups to this. I have told you they gave, like at the marathon a couple of weeks ago that I that I did not finish. They gave me a sticker at the end with like the race logo on it that says they still gave me the sticker that says like 26.2 and it has like the Trailhawks like mm-hmm. logo on. I'm not going to put that sticker anywhere because I didn't finish that race. So we both have, we have similar hangups to these rules, but there is something that you can call yourself now that I think you'll be okay with. A athlete? A multi-sport athlete. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll take that. You can have it. It's yours and you earned it. So could I say a multi-sport participant? Do I have to use the athlete term? Well, you know, I have a problem with this too, so that's fine. I'll give you that one. (laughs) Well, it's cool too, because we, uh, next year you're going to be on a relay for me for an Mm -hmm. Ironman in Chattanooga. So I get to do this again in a different (laughs) format, but I get to be part of another team. Mm -hmm. And then I'm doing it again in June for the Ironman in Roanoke. So I think I'm a team man. I think it's, it's my role. (laughs) Hey, everyone get a bunch find- of ringers, attract a bunch <laughs> of ringers and, and friends of mine like yourself that are really awesome at this stuff and be like, beg them to let me be on their team and then <laughs> go out there and have fun. I mean, that sounds like a good time to me. Yeah. Everyone finds their, the thing is find your spot and then relish in it. I don't know why I pictured like a jar, a sitting a jar of relish when you said that. Yeah, no, that, I want to take it back. So. <laughs> Not editing that out. That's saying in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think biking's my thing. Uh, the more I do it, the more I enjoy it. The more I kind of like the hills and the pain that goes with it. And I know if I hydrate better, that I'll be a better partner and teammate for these people. But, uh, but in the end, I just huge amount of kudos to everyone who was part of this race, who organized it, who supported it. I think they did just such a fantastic job. I could not have asked for a better first race. I'll never forget this race. Yeah. I'll go back and do this race again. And I, I really encourage anybody who's in the area who wants a really unique, different style triathlon to check this thing out. Cause it, it was just a blast. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was just really great. And it was the, the Virginia's new river trail challenge. Um, you can find it online. Great people, great time, great participants. Awesome. Loved Perfect. it. 
And I guess real quick, we have some footnotes here to this episode. Uh, if anyone's listening, want to hear more about some of the other races that you've done, you can go back and they can listen to our race recaps. And you've got another race coming up here in a little bit. I do. Got a 50K in a couple of weeks here. Very exciting. And where's that going to be? Um, it is in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Mm. Yeah. Uh, very, very big tourist destination. <laughs> 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 and and soon enough that being in Oklahoma it could be either 90 or 60 that day I oh, feel like yeah no I, I I couldn't even begin to it could be snowing actually sometimes we get snow in October um, wow it could be 90 so there definitely won't be any I, I'll just have a duffel bag with all the things in it probably <laughs> yeah and that will be our next race recap when you when you uh, finish that race. We'll get to talk about it. And then we'll begin our training for our Ironman relay next, which is so exciting to be able to shift that focus to something that we get to do together. So yeah, that'll be fun. a really fun thing for our crumb heads to come along with us with as we yeah. detail our training throughout the winter. And we're going to be uh, shortly here. We're going to be bringing you some neat different types of episodes about how you transition to fall training and how you transition to winter training and yep. some tips of moving things indoors. Uh, you're, you're an expert at this. You've done this for a long time and you, you've kind of taught me some ways of training indoors. So I can't wait for people to hear about some of your tips and tricks that you do. Yeah. It'll, it's going to be, it's going to be exciting and different. So Absolutely. So, all right, Crumheads. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, if you want to hear any of our other episodes, you can go to postracecookie.com. We're also postracecookie on Instagram and on Facebook. And we are, well, if you're listening to us, then I guess you found where we can be listened to. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, Allison. Well, we'll talk to you next time. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. We swim and we back here for a trophy, we're just here to have some fun. Allison and Norm don't need no podium climb, but you better have a cookie waiting at the finish line. We don't care if you slow or fast, cause all are welcome on the post-race cookie cast. Yes, all are welcome on post-race cookie cast.